As I shared earlier, I believe this is probably one of the hardest messages I've had to study for. Ephesians chapter 6. This is a very famous portion of scripture. But I believe that we are in a time as this. If you were not here on Wednesday, challenge you, get the message. Great message, great word. And for those of you at work, you can go online, go on the Podbean that is right there, click on it. You can listen to the message while you work. And I want to challenge you. It's a great, great tool and a great resource that you can have. Listen to any of the messages that we've had. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We're going to begin in verse 10. And then we're going to go off into battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, our battle, our warfare, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your guard, and after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Father, have your way. Let your will be done. We are in a battle, in a warfare. And I pray that today we would have soldiers that are ready for war. In Jesus' mighty name. And all together we said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them this means war. Turn off the lights. Thanks. You can turn off the lights, James. Praise him.
Praise the Lord. We are in a battle. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Tell your neighbor we're in a battle. Praise the Lord as they turn the lights back on. How many have ever been in a fight before? Now, for those of you that have been in a fight, how many of you, you have ever been in a fight that started fair, but it ended ugly? I don't know about you. I remember I was in a fight one time. You know, especially there's a respect that kind of starts when you go into a fight and you see your enemy face to face, right? There's a somewhat of a respect, even though you don't like them, even though you hate them, there is at least a respect that starts. I am a worthy opponent to fight you. You are a worthy opponent to fight me, and we are going to fight. Let's get it on, right? We have that. Okay, let's fight. But at somewhere in the fight, there becomes an anything goes. You remember that? Like anything goes after like a certain point. Like somebody did something and it's like, oh, you did that? Oh, that's it. Anything goes. Oh, you went there? Oh, that's it. Anything goes. The rules all of a sudden change. It gets ugly. Well, see, you and I, we are in a fight. And it started okay when you first got saved. Remember when you first got saved? Yes. All right. We're going to fight. All right. It's good. But then all of a sudden the enemy, he hits you and you're like, wait, I didn't know that was going to happen. Wait, 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 wait. I, I knew that there was a heaven and there was a hell, but I didn't know hell was actually going to get loose on me. I didn't know that was actually going to, that's not fair. That's not fair. See, the enemy, he changes the rules whenever he wants to. He changes it because we are in a battle and we're fighting him and it gets real ugly. S something begins to happen in this battle that you did not account for, but nevertheless, the battle does not stop. Tell your neighbor, it does not stop. See, in this rule-changing fight that the enemy has within our lives, he changes the rules, and there's things that begin to happen. Matter of fact, when the, when the fight first starts, he calls you a punk. You're a punk. Who are you? You're a punk. Then he says, remember in this fight, you know, that always happens. Who do you are? You're a punk. And remember, even in the fight, like, dude, I'm going to kill you. And then somewhere in there where he says, man, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to get you, the enemy comes out and he says, you know what, now not only am I going to kill you, not only do you not know who you are, now I'm going to destroy you to where you never want to fight ever again. See, that's the purpose of the enemy, not just to fight you, but it's to make sure that he takes the fight out of you. That's his sole purpose, not just to fight you, but to take the fight out of you. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you, and he wants to destroy you. Now, whenever you read this scripture, I read this scripture many a times, and I said, well, he wants to steal and kill and destroy. But destroy what? I'm only one person. What does he want to steal from me? You know what he wants to steal from you? He wants to steal your identity. That's why he calls you a punk. Remember when you were in a fight? Because when you're in a fight and when someone calls you a name, you're like, wait, that's not my name. I'm not a punk. But maybe I guess I am. Because if he can steal your identity, you as a Christian, knowing who you are in Christ, then you, matter of fact, you'll just lose everything. Well, I guess I'm really not a Christian. I guess I'm really not saved. Hasn't there been many a times where you come to church and you go, man, I wonder if I'm even saved. 
I don't know. See, because the enemy, he's trying to steal your identity. And then he's trying to kill. What is he trying to kill? He is trying to kill your soul, not make you want to fight anymore. What is he trying to destroy? He's trying to destroy your future. Because if he destroys your future, which is your purpose, then you're going to die on your own. You're just, matter of fact, you're not just living, you're just breathing to death. That's all you're doing. You're just figuring, well, I'm just here. I'm just doing my normal routine. Listen, my friend, you got to know something here this morning, that you and I, we are in a battle. We are in a fight. And we're not just any fight. We're in an ugly fight. The Bible calls it, in, the, in this dark world, we are fighting in a dark world. There is darkness all around you. And if we're not careful, that darkness can overtake your light. But see, I like what the scriptures say. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. No weapon, nothing, no darkness, no deceiver, no accusation can overtake me. Why? Because I've got greatness inside of me. See, here this morning, you've got to know that you, that you have greatness inside of you. There is something inside of you that the enemy cannot destroy. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. There's something inside of you. My friend, here this morning, you and I need to realize that we are at war. Tell your neighbor we're at war. This was probably one of the most hard, the, the hardest message I've had to study for because when it comes to war, people don't like it. People do not like war. Matter of fact, we do everything that we can to come against war. No, 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 come on. The, uh, matter of fact, there was a whole generation that was dedicated to, you know, make peace, not war. Love, not war. I mean, we hate war. We don't want war. So whenever we hear that word war, we're thinking, oh, no, bring the troops back. Oh, we're thinking, oh, no, no, let's not fight another war. It costs too much. And so when we hear the word war, we have all this stuff inside of us that says, no, whatever you can do, get away from it. When you need to realize that as a Christian, you're already in it. There needs to be something inside of you that realizes, man, I'm in a battle right now. Some of you, you're in a battle just to get to church. You are putting your clothes on and you go, I don't think they'll miss me at church. They really don't care for me. That's not a big deal. Who am I? I'm not. You were in a battle. See, there's not explosions. There's not gunfire going all around. You got bullet holes right there inside your walls. That's not what you're getting. You're getting holes in your heart. Things that are trying to come against you. Your kids waking up, Mom, I don't like you anymore. Boom. Dad, who do you think you are? Boom. Your car comes and it literally, boom, just breaks down. Been there. Anybody ever had that? I've been to church. I've been, I got in my car a couple times. It happened. Got in my car and boom. Oh, come on. Really? I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to do good. You ever had that? I'm just trying to do good. Who am I? I'm not. Because the enemy realizes where you're going. He knows what you can do. Never minimize the greatness that's inside of you. See, my friend, you and I, we are in a war. Somebody say war. A war right now that is in our present that was brought here from our past, and it wants to kill our future. I like what Ed Welch said. He said, there is a mean streak to authentic self-control. Self-control is not for the timid. 
We want to grow in it. Not only do we nurture an exuberance for Jesus Christ, we also demand of ourselves a hatred for sin. The only possible attitude towards out-of-control desires, listen to me here, this is probably the brunt of the message, is a declaration of all-out war. There is something about war that sharpens the senses. You will hear a twig snap or the rustling of the leaves, and you are ready, and you're in attack mode. Someone coughs, and you're ready to pull the trigger. Even after days of little or no sleep, war keeps us vigilant. There is something about war that even heightens your senses. It heightens things. You see things. You feel things. You sense things. You hear things that you've never heard before when you're in a war. See, when you're in a war, many times certain things, that's okay. That's not a big deal. But when you're in a battle, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm seeing something right now. I'm, feel, I'm sensing something right now. See, it's more than just your family coming against you. My friend, it's a battle that you're in. Somebody say, a battle. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, I've heard this scripture many a times before, but as I began to study this one, I looked at it and I asked the question, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. So I asked the question, what is it? Violence against what? Because right away, we could just take that scripture and say, I'm going to get mad. Mad at what? I'm going to get violent. Violent at what? What are you getting violent against? Because our human nature says, I want to get violent at someone. I want to get violent against what they did to me. So violent against what? See, this is something that as I begin to study, we need to realize that when we get violent, there is something we get violent against, but it's not violent against what you think. It's not getting violent against other people. It's not getting violent against Muslims. It's not getting violent against Jehovah's Witness. It's not getting violent against Buddhists. It's not getting violent against atheists. It's not getting violent at your job, your boss, your coworker. It's not getting violent at your wife. Hello. It's not getting violent at your husband. It's not getting violent at your kids. That's what it's not getting violent at. But many times we, oh, I'm going to get mad. That's not, that's not where the violence should be going toward. You should get violent, but not violent against those things. My friend, when it comes to getting violent, there is something that we need to get violent against. Are you hearing me this morning? The one thing that we need to get violent against is we need to get violent on every impulse in our soul that wants to get violent against other people. That's what you get violent against. The inner dwellings inside of your nature that want to do something so bad, that's what you're violent against. That nature that says, you know what, this marriage ain't working, you need to get violent against that, not against your wife. This thing's not happening. You No, no, no. You get violent against that. Not against your wife. You need to understand that these things that we have in our nature, they naturally want to come out and they want to do harm to somebody. They naturally want to put hurt on somebody, especially you've heard it said before, hurt people want to hurt people. That's what you need to get violent against, my friend. 
Not against the things where you say, man, I just want to get this guy and I want to throw him against the wall. You know, you know what you need to do? You need to get your nature and throw that against the wall. See, this is a little bit of a hard message right now because you're like, oh, no, that, that ain't right. I, I thought, you know, I should be able to lay hands on them in the spirit and in the physical, right? Can I lay hands on them like that? No, you actually can't. Not like that. You need to lay hands on that nature that wants to rise up every inclination inside of you that says, I want to feed this sinful nature. On every impulse of lust. Did you know that as you read the scriptures, you will find that all of the sins, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all the sins will fall under any of those three categories. Those things that, the things that you look at, that's what you need to fight against. When you get on that computer and it opens up and all of a sudden, boom, that's a, I didn't have that. I didn't, where'd that pop-up come from? The lust of the eyes. Those things that come. The things that you see. you got to be careful. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful. See, a lot of times we say, oh, no, it's not that bad. No, my friend, it is bad. you got to be very careful. For the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. It's funny that it would say all kinds. It didn't just say, for the love of money is the root of evil. All kinds of it. There are so many things that fall under that. you got to fight against that, that lust and that want for more money. i got to get more money. How am I going to get more money? i got, I, I got to do this. i got to get this. Uh, how am I going uh, to? It's all, right? And it has good intentions. Oh, it's to feed my kids, right? Oh, i got to feed my family. But my friend, that lust, you never know. That lust will overtake your love for your family. you got to be careful. Be careful. Don't think for a second, oh, no. My friend, good intentions are many times a pathway toward destruction. Oh, but I have good intentions. You better be careful. you got to be careful. You're in a fight. Don't think for a second that the enemy doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He understands exactly what you like and what you go after. And it's for you to fight that urge of, man, I got to get more money. I need to get more power. I need the, the approval of men. I need people to, to look at me and to approve me. I, gotta, I need this. I want this. And that lust and that hunger, it comes inside. That's what you got to get violent against. I heard a preacher the other day who was talking about how Christianity today is all, it's not the regular Christianity it's more like complainianity. And it's so true when I heard that. I said, oh, man. Because we get a lot of people, they come into church, and all they do, they don't want more of God. They just want more of themselves. They just complain, oh, it's, it's, too, it's too hot. Or this person didn't shake my hand. Or how come they didn't do this? How come the lights are too bright? James didn't turn the lights on, off at the right time. This is church. This, is, uh, how, this chair. How come, they should have better chairs in here. How come I don't like this? Oh, uh, the, the communion. They should have bigger pieces of bread because I'm hungry when we eat communion. Uh, uh, uh. the pastor, he doesn't, he's, he's tired. It's not right. Why is he wear the, the red? Is he red? Is he Norteño? I don't get it. I go, uh, why is he wear red? What, what's going on? Orange. I don't like orange. Why do I have to wear orange? Can I do anything else? How come my Bible study, how come they did this? They didn't do this right. How come she didn't pick me up? She said she was going to pick me up. She said she was supposed to, why does she wear that dress? I don't like that dress. That's an ugly dress. Why is he doing that? Why is she over here? Man, my kids, why don't you go over there with those kids? Why don't you go over there? Right? 
and this sting comes inside of us, and we're wondering, but God, I want to serve, you want to serve him, but you're more into complaining about him than serving him. And that's why the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. You know where the violence comes from? Our complaining. The complaining. Oh, but God. Oh, but Lord. It's like, wow. Listen, we just had a great few months of evangelism. Powerful months of evangelism. Seeing people get saved, people get touched, families coming together, going out there preaching the gospel. I want you to know something. Don't think for a second the enemy didn't see that. Don't think for a second the enemy did not see you out there blasting on a bullhorn. Don't think for a second the enemy doesn't see you when you wear your I love my church. Oh, you love your church? I'm going to make you lust after something else, though. You really love your church? Let's find out if you really love your church. Let's find out if you really love your family. Let's find out if you really love to serve God. Let, let me find out. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. My friend, we are in a battle. And not just any battle, but a rule-changing battle. He changes the rules whenever he wants to. The Bible calls him the prince of the air. This is a message that I'm going to be preaching. It's not on my notes, but I'm going to be preaching it next month. I, I want you to come back for it. Even if you're visiting for the very first time and you're wondering, I don't know if I want to go to that church. The pastor, he's a weirdo. That's true. He is a weirdo. But do come back for this. I'll be preaching a message in October. And I'm going to be talking about three of the M's. Money, uh, movies, and music. I'm going to be talking about that. And these things within our culture, the media. And some of us, we think and we look at it. Now, some of us, we, under, we, we understand, oh, they, I don't, I don't want to watch that. I, I don't do that. But you've got to be careful. Because as you judge, you also will be judged according to how you judge. That's what the Bible says. But you've got to be careful in some things because a lot of things we think, oh, this is bad, but this is good. Be careful. So I want to be talking about that. And I want to be talking about the music that you listen to. Don't think for a second, oh, it's just nice music. Of course it's nice music. It's supposed to. Nice is always packaged around corruption. That's the way that it works. It's always packaged around that. You and I got to be very, very careful. Don't think for a second, oh, it's just nice. It's melodic. It's a good movie. You, you know what's so funny? I was talking with a, a, a few of the girls. We, we had a group of girls and a group of guys there in the, in the training center. And I was asking them, what's your favorite movie? And they were saying, oh, this movie. Oh, that movie. Oh, I love this movie. I love that movie. So, oh, okay. All right. That's cool. A couple days later, one of the girls had an issue, came to my wife, and then we were talking. And then I asked her, what's your favorite movie again? She said this. I said, you want to know why you're having problems with guys? It's because all you do is you watch these movies and you expect it to look like this. No, I don't. Yes, you do. The lust of the eyes. Don't think for a second the enemy isn't really uh, cunning and, and understanding of what goes into your eyes. Even married women, you need to be careful. Be very careful. Don't think, oh, I'm, I'm married. All this desperate housewife stuff. Look, it, that's cool. Whatever. You watch the show, you watch the show. Just the fact, just that word alone should tell you something desperate. 
What do you dust it for? If you got a husband, what do you dust it for? I don't know. Be careful. Don't think for a second the enemy doesn't know what he's doing. And I, I remember I, I saw the show one time with my wife. I go, oh, heck no. They're over here talking about their husbands, talking about their boyfriends. And it, I, I thought it was a housewife show. Uh, half of them, they aren't even married. They're not even married. But it's called Desperate Housewives. And I was, I was like, man. And I was looking at all these different shows. Uh, uh, you have The Bachelor. The, what they're doing is they're manipulating the way that love really is. And they're trying to show this is, a, this is how it works. I, I know my, my message is next month, but this one's really got me right here. This one really got me. I just, there's a new show coming out. I'm sure you, you've seen it. It's called The New Normal. Has anybody seen the preview for that? Who has seen the preview? Raise your hand. Only a few. Wow. Okay. It's a show. It's called The New Normal. I looked at it the moment, and it was real nice. They're cracking jokes. <laughs> Comedy. Oh, it's so funny. This is just normal. And I looked at it, and I was so upset. I was so upset. I, go, I literally I wanted to punch the TV. And if you know me, you probably know I want to punch the TV. I go, oh man, that got me mad. Are you tell wait, you mean to tell me that that is no that's not normal? Who told you that was normal? Who said that that's the way that I have to live? Who said that I got to watch that? Who said that I got to listen to that? Who said, oh, everybody's doing it. No, no, no. I ain't everybody. Not a part of that. I'm not doing that. That's, not, that's normal for you. Okay, I understand that. Sin or sin, but that ain't for me. That's not what I want. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence, listen, my friend, you need to understand something. You are in a battle right now, a battle for your soul, a battle for your family, a battle for what comes into your house, a battle what comes into your mind. And my friend, you need to understand that it's time to get ready for battle. This enemy is not playing fair right now, and it's getting me mad. Man, it's getting me mad with my own family. It's getting me mad. My own family. Gosh. These things that come in and they try to infiltrate. They try to infiltrate our families. They try to infiltrate our minds. This spiritual warfare that we fight. I like what a preacher said when he came behind this pulpit a few weeks ago. He made the statement and he said, spiritual warfare is not power against power. It's truth against a lie. John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 8, 44, it says, when he lies, he speaks his native tongue, his native language, for he is a liar and a father of lies. You know what's going on here? That there is a fight going on between daddies right now. There is a fight going on between our heavenly father and the father of lies. You know what the biggest question is? Who's your daddy? That's the biggest question. Because you're going to serve one of them. You're going to go after one of them. The heavenly father, he is the truth. 
and the one who opposes them, the Bible says that he's the father of lies. You know what it says? Look, Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Turn with me there. Turn with me there. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. We're going to jump just a few verses. For what the law was powerless to do, and that was weakened by the sinful nature. You, however, in verse 9, jump down to verse 9 of Romans chapter 8. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Verse 12 of Romans chapter 8. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not the, to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if you live, but if, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You know what that means? If you put it to death, you're going to have to kill something. Some of you right now, you're going to have to get that killer instinct back again. you got to kill those things that want to do bad. you got to get that inside of you once again and say, no, 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 this is not going to happen. Not in my family. Not in my mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some of you here this morning, you're going to have to start learning how to kill things. Kill those and cast it down. Say, no, 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 it's not going to happen today. Well, did you hear about all those, that, you know, that little gossip that wants to come up? Hey, did, no, no, kill that thing. The thing that when you see her and you see him, oh, did you see her? You got to kill that thing. That thing when you look at people, man, you're never going to make, whoa, 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 no, you got to kill that thing. It's a fight. There is a battle going on. Tell your neighbor there's a battle. See, my friend, the only foothold the enemy has in your life is your flesh and your sin. That's the foothold that the enemy has. You know what you, you, you got to understand? A preacher said, I heard a preacher say this, it really got me. He said, nobody ever goes to hell because of Satan. Nobody ever goes to hell because of Satan. You go to hell because of your own sin. You go to hell because of your own sin. The sin. See, this is the battle that you and I fight. Listen, we fight against the enemy. Yes, we understand that. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, but against the dark. We understand that that is a battle that you and I fight. But my friend, this sinful nature is what will make me go to hell. See, my biggest battle that I have is not against Satan. That is a battle, but it's not the biggest battle. The biggest battle that I have is against me. Me. My nature. My thinking. My ways. My lusts. My desires. My selfishness. My self-centeredness. My ambition. My me. It's me. See, a lot of times we think, oh, it's her. It's got to be her. We blame it on him. We blame it on her. My friend, it's not them. It's us. This sinful nature, this riot, rusty, ugly sinful nature. It's us. This thing that wants to rise up so bad, I'm better than her. That pride of life that says I can do it on my own. And one of the scariest things that I hear when people come out of AA, I could do it on my own. I've got it now. These people that come out of NAC, I'm, I'm clean now. I'm sober. No, you're not clean. I don't care how many months you were in a program. A program will not make you clean. It's not going to make you clean. 
We have this thing that as long as I stop doing bad, then therefore I must be doing good. No, you're still a sinner. You're still a sinner. Period. I don't care how much non-bad you've, you've stopped doing. It doesn't matter. You're still in sin without Christ. And that is the battle that you and I face every day. This sinful nature. Jose Noroski said, in war, there are no unwounded soldiers. Francis Meehan said, men are at war with each other because each man is at war with himself. My friend, we need to be a people that will stop blaming others for our downfalls, shortfalls, and pitfalls. The falling of ourselves is not because of someone else. Listen, some of us here this morning, you got to get rid of that lazy spirit. That laziness, uh, somebody said, well, I'm, I'm not lazy, I'm a hard worker. If you have that spirit that says, well, I just made it, you could be lazy. If you have that spirit that says, hey, they should be happy that I'm even here, you could be lazy. If you have a spirit that says, they need to give me something, you could be lazy. You know what the Bible talks about when it comes to laziness? And this is a heavy portion of Scripture. When, when Jesus talks about it, or it says there, excuse me, in the book of Revelation, and it talks about hot people and cold people. I mean, that's a heavy revelation when I heard that. I said, wow. And you, as you really study that Scripture, that, that's so heavy that God would look and says, look, I want you to be hot. Or matter of fact, look, you don't want to be hot? That's fine. That's cool. All right. Make a choice. Go ahead and be cold. That's heavy. That God would say, go ahead and be cold. But he says, look, if you're going to be lukewarm, I'm going to do the worst thing that anyone can do to anybody. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Anybody ever been spit on before? That's, it's almost like the worst thing you can, like, call me a punk. That's cool. Call me the, like, we want to fight? Go ahead. Call my mama whatever you want. Go ahead. Talk about my mama. That's fine. Yeah, my, fine. Go ahead. Talk about my mama. That's cool. Man, who, yeah, go ahead, say whatever you want. It's almost like, yeah, that, that's fine. But I don't know if you've ever been spat on. That's like, oh, you did not just do that. You did not just do that. I got spat on as a Christian, and I was even like, oh, Lord, help me right now. I had to get violent against my violence. I won the battle, but I'm still in the war. Spit out my mouth. Listen, some of you here this morning, if you're wondering, man, well, well, well what am I? What, I would be very careful to say if you're just lukewarm. Lukewarm. Be very, very careful. You got to get and even pick a side. You need to pick a side and say, okay, which one do I want to be upon? I remember my father used to share a story about uh, a Yankee many years ago that fought in the Civil War, and he had a gray top and a blue bottom. And he went out there on the battle, and he got shot by both sides. I want to be a Christian. No, I'd rather go out here and not be a Christian. Well, what do you want to be? Oh, I, I love Jesus. 
But I also love going after the things of my flesh and my lust. I love to go to church. But, man, I love to have sex outside of marriage. I, love, I think it's great. No, I love God. He's the greatest of all time. But I love to go out there and get drunk as much as I can. Pick a side. Which one? You and I are in a battle. See, this kind of message, you don't hear it a lot. Because you, if you hear the preacher picking a side, you know what that means? He's almost telling you, if you don't want to come to church, then don't. That's almost like what it's saying. I know that's how some of you are translating it. Like, oh, the preacher said pick a side, so I guess I'm not going to go to church then. I'm trying to compel you to come onto this side. I'm trying my best to tell you, look, this is the greatest side. But right now I need you to realize something. I need you to come to reality. You are in a battle. You're in a battle for your mind. You're in a battle for your family. You're in a battle for the things that come. You're in a battle right now. And listen, this new series that I'm going to be starting, we're going to be talking about the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the armor of God, the things that you and I can have, these things that are going to help us, putting them on as we get in a battle. Some of you right now, you're in a battle and you're not equipped. That's why you keep fighting and saying, man, just forget it. And that's why you come in the church, out of the church, in the church, out of the church, because you've never gotten equipped. you got to get that helmet on, put it on, and don't take it off. Some of you guys, you got to get the sword of the spirit. I know it's heavy. It's like, man, this thing is heavy. You ever read one scripture before and you go, man, that's heavy. You ever done that before? Just one scripture. The shortest scripture in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. That's heavy. It's heavy. Like, what, what's so heavy about that? Study the thing. It's like, whoa. You're like, man, I don't know how to do this. It's a shield of faith. Like, oh, man, faith. I, I don't know if I could do this. And so you look at the thing and you say, man, just forget it. I'm not going to do this. I don't want this. No, my friend, you got to get equipped. Look at your neighbors say, get equipped. There's a story in history about Hitler and his appetite for power and territory grew. His army began to march across Europe. In some cases, look at this, the fight could hardly be called a battle. The German army advanced with its tanks and with the technology of advanced weapons. And some of the underdeveloped nations, look at this. Their armies made a futile efforts to resist Hitler's aggressions, fighting back against tanks and bullets with spears and even rocks. It was no contest at all because these nations were not equipped for war. The same many a times could be said of Satan and those who fight against him. Many of his victims do not even know that there is a war even going on. They make for very easy prey. Christians need to understand, you and I need to understand that we are in the midst of a great spiritual struggle, a battle, a war, although many seem to not even believe it. And even more distressing is that the fact that many who consider themselves in the war do not understand the nature of Satan's schemes, of his weapons which he employs, or the weapons which God has provided for our defense. Really quickly, before I get into ours, before I get into the armor, because I want to get into the armor, and if you got to come these next couple of weeks, because I'm going to be talking about all of them. I'm not going to talk about them today, but the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace. We got to get this thing. We have to have this shield. We have to have the breastplate. We got to have it. But before we get into all that, you need to understand a couple of things really quick about your enemy. Tell your neighbor, know your enemy. 
See, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the, dark, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Somebody say wickedness. Say wickedness. And high places. Really quickly, I want to give you three things. Three primary things that many of us struggle against many times and what the enemy tries to throw at us. Number one is deception. Deception. Deception means to deceive somebody and to make another person believe a lie or something that is not true. When the enemy sends deception our way, it is to attempt to deceive us into believing something that is not even true so that you and I will fall into error. Strongholds are built through deception. See, a stronghold is formed when deception takes a hold in a person's mind. A and a stronghold becomes what it is, is it's an incorrect thinking pattern. You've been deceived. That it stems from believing something that is not true. From the very beginning, Satan deceived Eve into believing that God's word was not even true. And you could read it there in Genesis chapter 3. The devil told her that she will not surely die as God said she would in Genesis 2.17. See, even the enemy knows his word. Even the enemy looks and says, wait, 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 wait. I know God said that, but it's really not that bad. It's not that harmful. Don't worry. And he deceives us. That's one of his biggest primary targets is deception. Right after deceptions many times, things come at us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 it says, we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen my friend, when that deception tries to come into your mind, you take that thing, you bring it down and you say no, you are going to be submissive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't know what deception they've come in and the, the enemy's trying to throw against you. Many times it happens a lot of times saying, man, why are you giving your money to the church? Why do you try to look good over there? They don't even care how you, just, just go, just barely show up down. Don't worry about it. Okay, why are you going to go and get involved? Why are you going to go help people? You need help. And he tries to deceive you. And when that happens, you say, no, you know what? Get over here, devil. You know, you, you got to tell every once in a while. It's okay to tell the devil. You just, you know what you tell him? You just give him two syllables. You tell him, shut up. That was like a, a bad word in my house. My mom was like, she didn't like that word. Because that was like very aggressive, like fighting words almost. Because when you tell somebody shut up, it's like, excuse me. Could you just tell me be quiet? I just... I'll take that, but when, shut up. It's so harsh. Well, every once in a while, you got to tell the devil. You got to look at him. You just got to say, you know what, devil? Shut up. Don't be talking in my house. You don't, don't, you don't have power in this house. You just shut up. You tell him, you cast that thing down. You get it down, and you say, I cast it down, and I get it out. And it comes under the obedience of Jesus Christ. After deception, many times, there's one thing that always follows deceptions many times, and it's called temptation. Temptation. It often follows it. First, the enemy tells us, you won't surely die. Then he makes the fruit on the forbidden tree look so good to us. See, since Eve accepted Satan's deception or his lie, now the tree that she was not supposed to touch looked good to her. 
She was enticed into sin because she allowed herself to first be deceived, and then temptation is when you and I are enticed and encouraged to sin in one way or another. Remember the story in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was enticed? And the enemy came and said, look, look, look let's go. The, the matter of fact, the Bible says that he took him to the top of a building or the top of a tent, temple. He says, go ahead. Well, it's no big deal. Look at this. He could have easily fallen into temptation. Very easily. But see, Christ says, wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on one second. I know my word. I understand what is going on here. See, many a times, and that's why this, the, our culture of today it says, is, oh, it's not a big deal. You could just go, just go ahead and just sleep with her. It's not a big, I mean, I mean, I mean come on. You wouldn't go and buy a car without test driving it, right? What's the big deal? I mean, you know, it's, it's cool. You got to find out. Is she a Honda or is she a Lexus? I mean, come on. You got to find out. Now, this is the crazy thing. This is what gets me. It's not even so much of that thought pattern because that's what comes in a lot of times. It's not even so much that. You know what it is? It's the fact that the girls believe that. Because guys, they're naturally dirty. And naturally just, they're naturally dirty. That's why they call women garden tools. Bottom line. Because they're dirty. They go after dirt. Guys are just dirty. They're nasty. They just want, they want anything that's dirty. And girls, if they're not careful and they believe the lie, he loves me. And because he loves me, I will do this for him. See the deception? He loves me. He loves me. And because he loves me, I'll do this. Deception, temptation. And that's what the enemy wants to do. And then after that, right, then after the deception, oh, come on, you're not going to die. Go ahead and do this. Then after the temptation, because when this temptation comes in, I like what the uh, Bible says in Psalms chapter 119, verse 11, uh, King David, he said, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know what that scripture means? The scripture doesn't mean hide it in there, put it in there, and don't let no one see it. That's not what it means. I remember when I first studied the scripture, uh, somebody said, it's like peekaboo. Peekaboo. Those of you who have kids, you ever played that with your kids? You go, peekaboo, peekaboo. Well, what's so funny about it is that we're really, really big and our hands are really, really small. And we think that our hands are going to hide us. Peekaboo. You're still right there. You have not moved. You're very, very big in comparison to this little baby. It has not moved. Peekaboo. I will hide thy word in my heart so that when temptation comes my way, pick a boom. That's really what it is. Some of you need to stop playing pick a boom and you're going to start playing pick a boom. You got to get violent. Just add an M at the end of that pick a boom. I know it's cute. Like, woohoo. I came to church. Woohoo. I put some money in the basket. Peekaboo. He says, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know what some of you got to start doing? You got to stop taking my word for it, and you got to start getting your word for it. 
That's what you got to start doing. You got to start. I know it's heavy. I know, like, man, it's so hard. This is what gets me so much. I talked with a, a young girl. She read from cover to cover every single Twilight book, but you can't read one scripture. Hunger Games, 150 million copies before the movie even came out. But yet we can't be, get people to read the Bible? Women will read these, these sexual novels cover to cover, but they won't read one thing about loving their husband. Like, these men that look at these things, I mean, it's funny, us men, we, we love stories, right? We, we look at Gladiator. Ooh, Gladiator. You know where Gladiator got their theme from? The Bible. You know where Spider-Man, Superman, all these mans, Batmans, all these man, oh man, all the mans. You know where they got their man from? The one true man. The son of man. That's where they got it from first. Oh, I love Batman. I love Superman. What about the son of man? Bible says, I will hide your word of mine. Some of you, you got to start getting this inside of you. Some of you got to start, you, this has to be a part of you. It has to be more than just two hours on a Sunday morning. You got to start getting this inside of your spirit. Get it inside of you. Take the time, turn off the TV, turn off whatever it is, and say, God, I want to get in your word. I want to put this in there so that when temptation comes my way, it will not, it must flee. Resist the devil, and he must flee. Deception comes after the deception and the temptation. After the temptations, many times the last one is accusation. These are the weapons that the enemy will try to use. See, the devil is known as the accuser of the brethren. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. And I'm coming to a close right here. It says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accusers, uh, for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. He is known to take a believer who has done embarrassing and gross sin in their past and continue to rub it in their faces and beat them down with guilt and condemnation over their past. See, when you and I have a disobeyed God, Satan moves in for his finishing touch. He attacks us in our hearts and in our conscience. So you're a Christian? Not a very good one. You go to church? You read your Bible? But look what you just did. Look, look, look what you just said. And isn't it so funny that, well, wait a second. Didn't you just tell me to do it? And now all of a sudden you're telling me I messed up? If your friends at church only knew what you really did, they'd probably throw you out to church. Starts accusing you. Look at what you did. Look at what you've done. See how subtle and cunning the enemy is? Before we sin, he's tempting us. Go ahead, you can get away with this. Then after we've sinned, he's deceiving us. You're never going to get away with this. You're never going to. Oh, wait, wait till they find out. See, when we listen to the enemy's accusations, we open up ourselves to despair and spiritual paralysis. My situation is hopeless. No one's going to love me. They can't take me. I, I, I can't do this. They'll never take me back. It's not going to happen. 
And all of a sudden, these accusations accusing me. Matter of fact, when you read a portion of scripture in the, in the Bible, it's not in my notes, but I believe it's in Zechariah chapter 2. And you can read it there. It's pretty much a judgment, uh, um, a court scene that's happening with God, Joshua. And you'll see what's happening. And right there, he becomes the accuser. And he starts accusing him. And see, I like God. He says, you know what? I rebuke you, Satan. But wait, wait, wait. Didn't you just see what he, God, you're a holy God. You're a, a righteous God, and look at how dirty he is. That's what the enemy does. So, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're awesome, you're great, but look at how bad he is. And a lot of times we go, yeah, I'm bad. I'm messed up. I don't have it all together. I don't, I'm, yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. I, I don't know what I'm doing. See, when we understand these, these targets that the enemy tries to throw at us, We'll understand what it is. And we're going to be talking about this spiritual warfare when I get my helmet of salvation. Because you know what? Christ, I am saved by grace, not by works. This is God's amazing grace. He didn't have to do this for me, but he gave it to me. I'm saved by grace. So for those of you that when you're questioning, man, God, am I even saved? You remember, it was God's amazing grace. You did nothing for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to wear a tie for it. You don't have to come every single time and do this and lift up and sit down. and Listen, I know that's how many of you were brought up. You said, okay, you were told when to stand up. You were told when to sit down. And you have to say these prayers. And you have to eat it at this time. And you must do this. And in order for you to get to the heaven, and for in order for you to get penitence, you have to do these things. My friend, I want you to know, you don't have to do those things. You've been saved by grace. It was God's amazing grace that you've been saved. Don't let the enemy lie to you. When the enemy tries to come in, he tries to lie to you. You say, no, no, you know what? I got the truth right here. I got the truth. I got this. I understand. No, 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 no. This is not going to happen. I, I know, I know what, what, what everyone else is saying, but I, I know the truth. And the truth will set you Everybody thinks, oh, this, you go to church, they, they combine, they, they confine you, they do this. No, my friend, when you know the truth, it's the truth that will set you free. It's the truth that will set you free. Some of you right now, you're going through a hectic time, man, in your house, and things are just going at it. Even some things have been coming out of your mouth, like, man, I've never said stuff like that in years. Where is that coming from? And it's just getting chaotic, and you're getting frustrated, and every little thing happens. The weather gets you mad. The news reporter gets you mad. The kid just ran across the table gets you mad. You're like, man, what is going on? I don't understand this. All of a sudden, you need to take those feet and say, the gospel of peace. It's all right. Weeping may endure for a night, but I know that joy, it's coming. It's coming. I understand. I, I, I know what's going on here. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know what? And some of you got to start doing, you got to under, start understanding. I, I'm going to be talking about this later on. But peacemakers are violent. Did you know that? Peacemakers are violent. Peacemakers put people in their place. Say, hey, 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 shut up. Sit down. Get right there. That's it. We're done. You got to tell that to the enemy every so often. Okay, all right, you, you want to come into my house? Okay, here, this is what you're going to do. You're going to shut up. You're going to sit right outside on the porch, and I'll let you know when you can come in. Until then, sit down, shut up, be quiet. Don't be ringing my doorbell either. Get outside. You got to do that. You got to do that. And you tell him, get out. And then you bring your family together and say, no, 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 we're going to bring peace right now. It's not going to be happening. Not in my house. Not on my watch. 
Some of you right now, you got to get that shield of faith. you got to get that faith once again. That faith, because the enemy, he just keeps shooting stuff at you, keeps throwing stuff at you, keeps telling you you're never going to make it. You're never going to do nothing. You're never going to amount to anything. What are you doing there? Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? He keeps accusing you. He keeps deceiving you. He keeps throwing temptation at you. And some of you got to get that faith up once again and say, man, as long as I got this faith, nothing is impossible. I got this thing. I, I understand this. This shield right here that I've got, I know it's a little heavy, but man, people have died for this shield, and I need to hold on to this thing right here. I got to keep pushing with this thing. I got to keep moving with this thing. This is my mustard seed. It's mine. Don't think for a second mustard seed is just like this. Mustard seed is like this. It's huge. It's big. Man, I got this thing in the breastplate of righteousness. Say, woo, nothing can infiltrate. It's, it's ironic that righteousness, I don't want to say ironic. God knows what he's doing. But for us, we understand righteousness. Because righteousness has to do with giving. And what does it do? Righteousness protects your, where your treasure is, there is your. Some of you right now, you've been so used to taking. That's all you've ever done all your life. You've taken so much, even your own mama knows it when you come over. Oh, man, something's going to get stolen. I'm going to lose something. Your family, all it, the reason why they avoid you a lot of times because they know that every time you call, he just wants something. That's all. He just wants something. Every time. Breastplate of righteousness. No, that's okay. Here. You know what? Let me give you something. I want to give you. Some of you right now, you've got to start learning how to be a giver. And I want to challenge you. Just don't give in church. Some of you think it's just giving. You know what i got to start doing? Just every once in a while. If that. If the coffee shop, this is just a practical thing. It's not in my notes. Practical thing. Coffee shop, person behind you in line, pay for them. Just for the heck of it. See, some of you, some of you always expect blessings. God's going to bless me. I'm going to stand in line and somebody's going to pay for me. No, you know what has to happen? You are going to pay for someone else. But I don't have any money. Mm. But yet you're in line. I just don't have enough. See, the, that lust is there to come in. Breastplate of righteousness. Get that thing right there. Say, you know what? No, I'm going to start being a giver. You know how you start doing this? Start learning right now in the home, in the little that you got. But I don't have a whole lot. You know, you start learning how to give right now. And even in the little that you have, don't ever think for a second. This is just a little bit. Tell that to the widow woman who didn't have anything. She had two mites. That's it. You know what mites are worth? Mites are worth less than half a penny. That's what it's worth. So don't tell me for a second, oh, I don't have much. This woman came with two mites. And she said, no, I'm giving this thing. And you know what the other thing and the last thing many of us got to start doing, and we're going to start, I'm going to be bringing this up, is the sword of the Spirit. Some of you got to start, you got to start wielding this thing once again. Some of you got to start getting fresh in your word once again. Some of you, you used to have scriptures, you could pop off scriptures like nothing. I mean, you could just wield, oh, what greater is he that is, the Bible says, and the Bible, and the scriptures say, and you're like, ooh. But all of a sudden, you're in the battle for a long time. Here you go, you get the Bible. You start reading it. I'll just be right here. I got my shield right here. I'm good. I'm cool. Some of you got to start getting in battle again. Some of you start got to say, you got to hear me. You got to start getting back in the battle. You, you got to start getting violent. Look at your neighbor and say, get violence. I had, I had this thing where I was looking at the other day. One, one of these men, he gave, it, he gave it to me. I said, oh, man, this is... This is something exactly as I was looking at it. I said, man, this is exactly what I want to start being able to have once again. This is how I want to start looking when I go out. I said, man, I want to get this thing 
and I'm going to start using this thing. It's a real sword. Don't think for a second it's fake. I don't like fake stuff. I don't go to Kmart. This ain't that kind of stuff. I don't go to the toy section. This thing almost cut me, matter of fact. I was cleaning it, and it almost cut me through the cloth. I said, oh, man. I said, God, I started getting this thing once again. Some of you look at me like, man, he's crazy, huh? <laughs> you don't know nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. One of these days, I'm going to come with the whole thing. I'm going to get the breastplate on. I'm going to get the helmet on. Forget 300. They're actors. Those guys are actors. You know what they got? They got green screens. What's a green screen? I know some of you are looking at it like, oh, that, that's so cool, 300. That's a green screen. That's what that is. And some of you look at their abs, right? Some of you saw their abs. Like, oh, look at their abs. You know what that is? That's airbrushed. It's fake. You don't believe me? Look it up. It's, watch those bonus materials. It's fake. It's just fake. And you, you know what I also saw with some of those guys? Some of those guys, I'm not kidding you, they're sissies. They're sissies. They're like, they're like so much. Oh, I'm watching the extras. They're like, uh, excuse me, I want my tra- big old buff dudes, huge guys. Uh, excuse me, some, this wasn't in my trailer. I, I'm like, what? That totally just degraded that movie for me. I, I looked at 300 in a whole different light. I was like, man, that's 150 now. Like, that's just horrible. I want the real deal. I want the real thing. I want men and women that know how to take this thing and know how to use it. When the enemy comes your way, you say, devil, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. All those that rise up against me will fall. I know that the plans that I have for you, says the Lord God Almighty, I know. Don't tell me anything different. I know my word. See, that's why so many Christians nowadays, when the lie comes at you, you go, I guess so. I, I, I guess. Nah, start saying, no, 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 that ain't right. Don't tell me anything. Somebody tried uh, debating on me uh, the, the other day, and they tried to make it a debate. I said, look, this ain't no debate, all right? You want to make it a debate? Fine, write it down, and we'll talk about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, you know what you need? You don't need debate. You need love. You know what? Because the Bible says, it says, if I have the, the mind to, to fathom all the mysteries, if I had tongues that, that could speak all these languages, if I had all this stuff, if I had every, if I had faith to move mountains, if I could do this, if I could do that, if I could, if I could, if I know how. But it says, if I have not love, I don't have anything. So I understood one thing. Everything that I have, the sword, the shield, the helmet, the belt, feet fitted, everything that I have, I got to do this with love, everything that I have. Here this morning, I know some of you probably listen, man, the pastor said, pick a side. Yeah, I did, I did, but I said it with love, because I love you. Sometimes the, the truth, it hurts. Truth hurts. Oh, pastor, why did, sorry, I, I didn't do it real hard, I just. I didn't poke. I just poked you. Well, the pastor said my marriage. I, I, I just poked you. That's all I did. Oh, but the pastor got into my finances, my money. I, I just, just poked you. That's it. Today was just a poke. I just. Big boo.
keep coming by the end of this series. People, we're going to go all out. Spiritual warfare. Do we have men and women that are ready to fight the battle for Jesus Christ? If you're one of those, stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah. I truly believe that God wants to put, wants us to put on full armor of God. And in these next coming weeks, we're going to be talking about it. Next week, we're going to go over it. The belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the feet fitted with the gospel of peace. We're also going to be talking about the cloak of zeal. That's another one that we'll be, be sharing about and talking about. But I want you to know something. Here this morning, I, I said all this to, that I wanted you to realize one thing. We're in a battle. You and I, were in a battle. Don't think for a second and says, ah, oh, I take it easy. Narrow is the pathway. And narrow is the gateway. The Bible says. says, what do you mean narrow is the gate? In other words, a lot of things that you thought, oh man, it's so broad is the path to destruction. A lot of people think it's a bunch of Christianity, it's a bunch of rules of things I can't do, I can't do. No, 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 no. There is freedom for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now, therefore, no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can't do it. They tell me I can't. No, 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 no. If you feel like that, I just want to apologize for a brief moment. But now that the moment's over, the truth is, you got to get Christ in your life. Christ needs to be the center for your life. He doesn't need to be a momentary feeling, a momentary happening, or a Sunday morning service guy. Oh, Jesus, he's my Sunday morning guy. I love Jesus every Sunday morning. Mondays is a different story, but I'm going to be back on Sunday. Listen, I want to challenge you here this morning. Being a Christian is not saying I'm perfect. Because I want to tell you right now, even as your pastor, I'm far from perfect. My marriage, far from perfect. My parenting, I need Jesus. My finances, he has to be first. If he's not first, I'm automatically last. I'm just last. My relationships, I'm not perfect. Things I say, probably even some of the things I said here today. Oh my gosh, he said that? Should have been here a couple years ago. Heard stuff my dad would say. My dad was crazy. I'm not even there yet. Not yet. But one thing I know that I want to be able to live, that when people look, they say, he was never without passion for God. It wasn't perfect, but he was never without passion for God. Some of you here this morning, you got to get in that battle again and get passionate about it. And don't think for a second, well, I'm not a, that's not a big deal. I'm a nobody. I don't even know that much of the word. You know that God saved you, that's what the Bible says. There it is. You know that you've got faith, that's what the Bible says. It's my first time back in church. <laughs> first time for everything. Clap for your first. Now let's get a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and so on. 
they're in the home, we're not trying to get you off of drugs. Drugs was trying to get you away from your call. That's all it was. Now you're on the path. Okay, God, I'm here. I'm ready. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're in a battle. And right now we're, gonna, we're fighting a battle. A violent battle at that. Not an easy one. Sometimes not even a, a pretty one. Gets ugly there at your house. Gets ugly at your job. Gets ugly with your mom, with your dad. Sometimes that, many of you, you're like, I don't even want to talk to my mom. It gets ugly. I want to talk to my dad. It gets ugly. But God says, it's all right. I know the plans I got. I know exactly what you need to go through so that you're going to get a breakthrough. I know what you have to go through right now. I'm taking you through some tests right now, and you're going to get a breakthrough. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is an altar call not for the weak, not for the weary. Even though you may have been going through it, that's all right. But you say, you know what? I need to get strong again. I need to get strong again. Let me rephrase that. Maybe you are weak and you are weary. That's okay. Right now, if you're saying, you know what? I, I need this. I want to be a man, a woman in God's army that he can count upon. I'm not perfect. Matter of fact, I'm wounded. And if you are wounded, that's okay. That means that you're in a battle. And if you're wounded right now and you say, man, I've been in this battle and I want to fight this good fight of faith. I want you to slip out of your seat right now. I want you to come to this altar and we're going to fight this battle together. I know your marriage is going through it. I know your finances are going through it. I know your parenting is going through it. I know your job is going through it. But I want you to know right now that with God all things are possible. The fighting, the good fight of faith. I know that right now, listen, God's got some plans for you. You're going through some tests, but I want you to know the Bible talks about it.